This is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Today is Saturday, June 14th, 2020. Welcome to the second part of a special edition of Reality Ranch Podcast. This is a two-part series dedicated to exploring the claims that psychedelic drugs are a powerful way to spark spiritual transformation and emotional and physical healing. During this series, I will take you on a journey by sharing the experiences my family and I had when we attended a so-called medicine plant healing retreat near Cusco, Peru in 2018. Since one of the main goals of this podcast is to focus on reality, I feel that it is an important story to tell and I am grateful to my family, my husband Bill and our two sons for their willingness to share their experiences during this period of time. Ayahuasca and Wachuma have become popular drugs in the attempt to expand people's consciousness and is even recommended by so-called human potential programs such as Mind Valley which is from what I can tell a migration of a deluded group of self-proclaimed gurus who at one point uh, sold their information on Hay House. And now the second half of my Reality Ranch podcast on Ayahuasca and Wachuma. Last time when we talked, we were um, discussing the conditions of the hostel that we stayed in. And so now we're gonna talk about the healing center, so-called healing center. And I'd like your story about um, the Wachuma. The actual trip? Yes. Okay. Well, so they had, there was this big, you know, so-called ceremony, which was more like a dog and pony show that went on ahead of time. And um, the guy in charge of it was going to get this message from some, you know, his spirit of how much to give everyone. Was it was it was it his spirit or was it the plant spirit? Uh, I don't know. Okay. One of the two. Okay. And and uh, what was funny was he ended up giving everyone the same dose, one full glass. So you know that was kind of funny anyway. But uh, you know, so we we drank it and everyone went their separate ways. And three times while I was sitting there. They came up to me and offered me more, and I refused it because I was, you know, not wanting to get any more into the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and my experience on it was I didn't have any revelations. I pretty much sat there for about six hours grinding my teeth. Um, the grass did some interesting things, but, you know, and just wishing it was would be over. Um, uh, it wasn't pleasant at all. I, 
really didn't think a lot other than about anything other than superficial stuff like you know that's a pretty tree or you know um and uh you know then, then we finally I started finally coming down and talking to people and we were laughing like you usually do when you're or what I usually do when I was on uh, a psychedelic and uh and it took a while to come down that was about enough for me. Mm-hmm. And so um, the next day, then they were, that was when everyone was supposed to take the ayahuasca. Right, the next night, yeah. Yes. And why don't you tell me about that and how you felt about it? Well, I had a really bad headache the next day. Um, and I think it was from my sinuses. Uh, so I asked for some, you know, some kind of, um... Decongestant. Yeah, decongestant to help. And they gave it to me. Uh, um, but I sure didn't want to that night do anything. Well, didn't they tell you that they, that if you took the decongestant, you couldn't do the ayahuasca? They did tell me that. Which was fine. I yes. wasn't looking forward to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like yeah. a win-win situation. Yeah, we were, we were both pretty much dreading that we had agreed to do that. Yeah. At least try it once. We were just going to try it once. We, we were. Because what we realized when we um, saw the schedule and it really sunk in, we were supposed to do Wichuma and then one night, day, and then the next night, ayahuasca. And then I think there was a day break. And then another day of Wichuma, and another night, then another night, the next day of ayahuasca. And then they were gonna end it with another day of taking the Wichuma. And we realized that was not gonna be a good thing for us. Yeah, I didn't. None of us. Yeah. None of us wanted to do it. And so you and I went into Cusco because we were up above Cusco at the time to dinner, right? Right. And then we came back to the center. Well, we came back to the center and everyone was gone to the, you know, spot where they were all doing... Except the poor burned out guy, Chris. Yeah. So we were pretty pretty much had the place alone to ourselves, except for a couple guys hanging around, you know. Right. Um, and then the next morning is when um, we were asked to leave. I'm here with my son, Colin. He's agreed to talk to me about his experience with Wichuma and ayahuasca in Peru. So Colin, you, you were we were talking about right before I started recording about a book that you read that influenced your desire to explore these drugs. Can you tell me about the book? Well, I mean, it kind of. So what it was is I had this book in my Audible library that had been sitting there for a while, and I kind of forgot it was what it was about. And so... Uh, a while ago, I had uh, seen the documentary 
uh, DMT the spirit molecule and they talked about the studies they had done with veterans and stuff like that and so I was really curious to, uh, about the effects of it on the human brain and just what it, the implications of it were so uh, it must have been on sale or something I picked up the book on audible and just so after we uh, booked the trip to Peru because one of the big reasons I went I wanted to go is because just because of Machu Picchu, so that kind of clinched it anyway. But um, just randomly, I actually I downloaded the book just because the name grabbed me. Because I was doing a lot of like cosmology stuff at the time. What did you say the name of the book was? The Cosmic Serpent. Okay. And uh, and so what the book was was it was uh, written by a doctor I believe, who uh, he went down to South America to study. Uh, the effects of ayahuasca on DNA and a lot of what he talked about was how uh, there's a lot of plants that their effects on the human body and mind are kind of represented in their in their physical characteristics so <clears throat> like ayahuasca is made is a vine that grows around trees and it's quite it's a, it's a double helix vine so it looks like DNA and then they also talk about, there's this flower, and I can't remember what it's called, but uh, Virginia into it, I was talking about when I brought it up, where it's supposed to uh, astral project you, and it looks like a skull vomiting, the flower does. And so, they, you know, that's like, they, they draw correlations between that. Right. Stuff like, and so it was just a really interesting book about, and he just looked at how every tribe in South America has their own ayahuasca mixture with to have different stuff in it that makes it more intense or does different things or and um so it was just I just found it interesting that I happened to pick that up right before we went out of pure coincidence and I don't know I kind of you mean right before I we talked about the trip no it was after we had already booked the trip oh okay and it just yeah I didn't mean to like I didn't I forgot it was about ayahuasca and I just happened to be listening to it I was like oh that's weird oh okay I see yeah and uh so I kind of took it as like a Maybe my subconscious told me to listen to it because at one time I had read the synopsis of it so I knew what it was about, you know. So maybe I thought my subconscious was like, hey, read this now because you're about to go. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, that, that's, so that was that, the, what the book was. And so it kind of like rekindled my interest in the. Right. Well, where did your interest originally start? Like I said, I, I watched that, uh, the DMT, the uh, documentary. The spirit and, molecule. Yeah, and they were talking about how it was. <clears throat> their studies showed that it, it had a lot. To, it was a key part of uh, how our brains processed how we perceive reality around us, and that it, it was a molecule that's present in all living things. And so that I found that very striking, and so I wanted to know more about it and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's um, actually the documentary version of the book that I yeah, read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I never read the book. I just saw the documentary. Got, yeah. Gotcha. And I, I've noticed it. it's now on YouTube. Mm. And um, I watched a little bit of it just to kind of refresh my memory on the book. Because it's been so many years since I read the book before I did this podcast. Um, <laughs> but I really didn't have time to watch the whole thing. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell me about um, what you hoped to gain from trying the... First, the Wachuma. Well, the Wachuma was... That was more of a secondary thing. I'm, I'm open to trying most uh, 
mind-altering substances at once as long as they don't they don't break one of my rules like uh, no intravenous uh, no blood-brain barriers so no snorting anything stuff like that nothing mm-hmm. that acts on the deep brain like mm-hmm. so that's one of the reasons I've never done mushrooms because I know that acts on the deep brain like uh, PCP dust does mm-hmm. same thing so it's kind of like it's a little sketchy um, but besides that it was I don't know I just like thought maybe it would give me insight and like some kind of spiritual insight or something if it was the molecule through which we perceive reality I thought maybe you know yes some something would happen like because people talk about how they have and this is when they do straight DM and even like ayahuasca and stuff mm-hmm. like I didn't really have this experience at all myself but they'll have visions where they talk to people and like spirits and all kinds of stuff so right. it was just people talk and even when they just do this this the straight like they smoke or inject the DMT itself it's the pure molecule itself that they get those really intense brief trips like that and so I don't know it was I was just curious mm-hmm. and um when uh, we went to the um we stayed at the the B and B, which was not the mountain house, but the yeah, the B and B that was it the hostel. I should mm-hmm. call it the hostel that was in Peru. That was also owned by the yeah, operators, in, right? It was in uh, Cusco. Cusco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your impression of the oh I the B and B? I didn't like it at all, but you know, I'm kind of. I mean, it was, but a lot of it was just because it was dirty and stuff like that, yeah. but. Kind of surprising, didn't you think? A little bit, yeah. Just the way they advertise, and, and even like in the tour books and stuff, they talk. They said that one was like nice, and I never really, uh, I didn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, it was a little surprising, and just I don't know, just the the politics of how everything operated there was a little weird. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, so a lot of people like have, or have known them for a long time, or. I don't know, it was just, I don't know how to explain it, it was just how everything worked, it was really, it felt like, I don't know how to describe it. Okay, well, well, you're talking about the politics, and so do you mean that interaction between the people who were, you met, that were staying there, or? Well, I guess mainly between... Like, um, with Virginia and, uh, sorry, <laughs> you can cut that out, I guess. I will. Yeah, no worries. I used her name already once. Yeah, no worries. It's a first really? name, though, so it's like, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. But, um, I don't know, it's just, just felt weird, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Had that, like, touchy energy. Touchy energy. Yeah, where you, I don't know, you feel like you have to walk on eggshells or something. Oh, that's... You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and you felt like you had to walk on eggshells with the people running it? Yeah, or? I am. Yeah. Oh. No, not the people staying there mainly were pretty nice. Like, I mean, and some of them were really nice. I, absolutely. Some of them were, you know, just... They had nothing to do with anything that they were doing. They were just staying there as a hostel. Right. And they they mainly were the most pleasant people to talk to, actually. But yeah. So they weren't going to the... To, to do an, a drug No, remember experience. like the couple from Switzerland, I believe, like you were telling them about what... They oh, they did. they were going to and do were, the Wachuma, but not Well, they were the thinking about it, they, and yeah. they didn't go there to do it. They just saw the advertisements oh, in the okay. hostel, and so they were thinking about doing it, if I remember correctly. Mm. 
and then you were telling them like what it was and stuff. Ooh, but okay. and I don't know, you were kind of like, yeah, it was. You were kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you were giving them the caveats of what it was. You yeah. Know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Cause, and because they're just so both sides. Because they don't give it to it at all. Exactly. They're yeah. they're very. It's very uh, limelight. You know. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Well, they put the limelight on it. Yes. Yeah. So they yeah. just they just emphasize what, what they, they think want, are the yeah. positive aspects. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And uh, so when you said you felt like you had to walk on eggshells, do you mean what did you what do you mean exactly by that? Do you mean you felt like you had to watch what you did or said or you know what do you mean by that? I mean, yeah. You just yeah, I just was very careful. I mean, part of that's just be being in a strange place, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, um, when we went to the, um, well, what your, what were your impressions of Cusco itself? Oh, I mean, it was beautiful, but sad. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just to see all the culture that was, that, that was destroyed there and how just different and beautiful it was and then it was just subverted by this you know these churches that consolidate all this wealth and these huge buildings and well everybody's poor in the streets begging tourists for money it's just it was just yeah, right, right outside the churches yeah, huh yeah. It's, i mean you know i've i've traveled to different churches in europe and was always i was always struck by the the wealth mm-hmm. in the churches especially the catholic church yeah. because they tend to display their gold and they're you know yes, silver, very much so. and and it for for some reason on this particular trip that contrast to me was even more striking. I think it's because the general citizenry in Europe are better off. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it is, and I I, I it was especially sad to me mm-hmm. to see them flaunting all of this. Oh, I know yeah. wealth, gold. I mean, like oh, yeah, treasure chests, churches, and there were yeah entire walls just leafed in gold and silver. And yes. Just beautiful uh woodwork that took you master carvers decades to do and just and you go out in the street and everybody it's just it's impoverished well then there's the treasures behind glass that they were displaying you have gold silver gems yeah the the clothing of silk and that's made of cloth of gold and Mm -hmm. yeah ornamented with gemstones and everything it's just yeah yeah that that was uh that was kind of wild wasn't Mm -hmm. it yeah and so when we went up to, actually went up to the uh, mountain house, or actually it was the retreat center, was the, wasn't the mountain house? That's what they called the, the retreat center, where we did the, which one you mean? Oh. Yeah, they called it the mountain house. Okay, I thought, I thought that was where, what they called the, place where you did, went and did the ayahuasca. No, that was just the, uh, what do they call it, the Maloka. Maloka. Okay. Um, uh, all right. Anyway. Um, I, think, I think, I mean. You know, in their brochure. Yeah. Calls the mountain house the place where you go and do ayahuasca. Yeah, I mean, because that's where you go up and stay when you're going to do the ayahuasca. So I think that's what they meant. But Anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so when you were, what did you think about the retreat center? We'll just call it that. The place you, we stayed at before you went up to well, the other I mean, place. I didn't really, I mean, half of the garden had, was full of religious, like, iconography which yeah. I didn't really care for that so I stayed out of that area mostly but I mean parts of it were nice so, so 
did you get the same impression I did too then that half of the garden wasn't full of iconography? Yeah, no, exactly, it was. And the other half was full of it. Yeah. And so they they mentioned to us that some people would prefer one side and some people would prefer the other. Well, and they, they were this like a male and female garden too, which I wasn't sure what that was about. Oh, they called it that. Yeah, and that was part of like that what did, your preference was supposed that to. That didn't make any sense. To me, <clears throat> I, I wasn't struck. I don't know about you, but I wasn't struck by one side being male no. and the other side being female. More to me, what more, one felt more neutral as far as what was being displayed. Well, the male side had all the penis-shaped cactuses. That's why they... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, that's why they called it the male yeah. side. And was that the side with all the... Refresh my memory. Did that have all the iconography or... I don't... I think the female side had all the iconography. I remember it correctly. Okay, and that was the... As you walk in, wasn't that, that the was main? The first, yeah. Yeah, because I preferred the, I guess the male. Yeah, yeah I think that's side. what it was. Yeah, I did prefer that garden. Yeah, and, same. Um, and it was more open a little bit. And, yeah. Yeah. And when you did um, the Wachuma, what was your experience? Oh, it was a lot like uh, MDMA. Like, that's what it mainly reminded me of, because I've done MDMA a couple of times and. Like low, like 10 milligram doses, so it wasn't mm-hmm. really intense or anything, but the same uh, euf- feelings of euphoria and uh, everything gets washed out and bright because your eyes get so dilated and you get that. And if and it's pleasant at first and then you start on, you start to come down off it and you get really like wound up feeling, you start clenching your teeth and... I, I do not like that at all. It's one of the reasons I've I've only done MDMA twice, and uh, it just that's that just felt like yeah. it was to me. So it's just a drug. The euphoria that you mentioned, they like to. I think that's what they they're telling people. Yeah, that's, that's what they focus on. Well, that's what they're telling people that is love, mm-hmm. and feelings of bliss. Did you really? No, it's just it's drugs. Like it's just like it wasn't any different. And, any other drug like i mean the of course it's different but like mm. the particular effects it does but right. but i mean there's nothing so in comparing it to a natural euphoria like yeah. just in life how would oh, you know it felt like exactly like a uh, runner's high or whatever just prolonged you know just like any other feeling euphoria it's, it wasn't like special like oh this is cosmic love right here mm-hmm. you know it was just well i noticed that it felt um more intense i thought i think natural euphoria from not just natural mm-hmm. um that is more is more gentle to me personally well yeah you, typically i mean that's why i said runner's high because that's a really intense uh example so that's what yeah. it kind of reminded me of and that's probably why runners get so hooked on oh, running exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. that it's addictive yes and it's like even uh eminem like when he was doing i mean 30 bike it in a day and like just insane amounts of when he was trying to quit that, he started running instead. And he had to, he did the same thing. He, he got addicted to exercise, he said, instead. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was a very addictive personality. And so it's, yeah, exactly. It's it's just as intense as opiates and stuff, but yeah. the runner's high is. Yeah. And did you have a desire to do that again? Not to really. Do yeah. Okay. And so then the next day, they had a, they, that, they had the an ayahuasca ceremony mm-hmm. uh, scheduled. Tell me about that. What, the ceremony in general? Just tell me about the whole 
Your, just whatever you remember. Oh, okay. So the group went to the Maloka, which is the dome, like that domed, big dome. It was, it, it was like, it was a lot bigger than the one, the one they had at the mountain house. It was probably twice as the size. Mm -hmm. And then they had blankets and mats all around the the edges of it. And, you know, everybody chose a spot. And then they introduced the shamans and his, like, assistants or whatever they were. And, uh... Pretty much went around and asked everybody what they're hoping to get out of it, uh-huh. and it was just that, and that was like one of the where you found out what people thought they were there going to be able to heal there, like Randy with this fibromyalgia and mm-hmm. just and our uh, who was it? Uh, one of the girls there. She wanted to. Uh, she had a broken heart, as she said. She wanted to heal that, and it was just I don't know. Uh, Ranged, it ranged like that. It was like some were very like severe physical ailments, and some were just people were having emotional difficulties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was like they were like, "Yeah, we can heal, heal that. We can heal it all." Except for the one time when she mentioned the like her heart, and the guy was like the language barrier. He thought she was talking about her physical heart, and so he kind of got like, "Oh, you're here to you have a heart problem? Like you think?" You were, and she was like, "Yeah, like you know, emotionally." He's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, we can." So kind of like that was like where he was like, right? Just you know, a liability maybe or something. Somebody has a heart attack. Oh, which I'm people sure. have died doing ayahuasca. It happens yes. every year. I mean, yes. down in those uh, ceremonies at least once. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a pretty high percentage of how many people go down there, really. But, um, and then they just, I don't know, how did they do? It? What happened next? They just, it was it was I was on drugs, so it's like yeah. you know, it's a little hazy, but it's all right. Um, I think then they gave us all our first dose and there, it was this whole thing where they, they gave us, you know, the rundown of, we're going to give it to you and this is what you should expect and the bathroom's over there and everything like that. And Mm -hmm. they said, they'll give it a certain amount of time then they'll go around and see if anybody wants to do any more. And I wasn't really, I I took a second dose because I hadn't, all I had experienced was stomach issues so mm-hmm. far like, at that point. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, and I was kind of like on the fence with it. I was like, it's really not pleasant. Do I even want to do that? Mm-hmm. And, but I was like, yeah, all right, I'm here. I might as well, you know, I don't want to like wuss out with yeah, here, here and just after I've come all the way to Peru and stuff. So I, I did another one and it, I mean, I got a little bit of visual distortion, maybe, and, but I didn't, like, people are supposed to see, like, geometric pa- geometric patterns and, like, like, you know, talk to spirits and all kinds of stuff. So I didn't experience any of that. Well, don't but, you think, though, that <clears throat> a lot of that's based on belief? Probably, yeah. Yeah, and, and expectation. Well, I was, but I was expecting it, and I didn't, you know. Oh, you were. Because, yeah, I'd read all that, so I was like, hmm, how's this going to... Oh. It's like almost everybody that hallucinates these snakes, which is an interesting thing to me. Mm-hmm. Like so. Uh, yeah, I've read that too. Yeah, and uh, that's you know it's just. Well, and then while they were doing it, they were doing a uh, they're playing their drums and doing this like humming chant thing, which I don't know. I found very like it was frisable. You know what I mean? Like it was trying. It was the vibration where stuff starts to break apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The vibration point where... Yes. And so it, I just, I don't know, I felt... Assault's like a strong word, I guess, but like... 
I didn't like it, and mm-hmm. so that's and that's why I did intrusive the, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was Is like that a better. Well, like, like it was softening, like you know what I mean, but in a negative way. Like it wasn't like relaxing. It was like conditioning, maybe. You know what I mean? Yes, when I, say I conditioning, do. Yeah, I think that, this is an important point that you're making, actually. And so and that was that was the main reason why I started doing the peace meditation during the whole thing. So I used it like a talisman or <clears throat> as like a. Yeah, like I said, a talisman against yeah. that feeling. Protection. Yeah. And so, how for how long did you recite the peace oh, like meditation? Oh, three, four hours the entire night. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah. I, yeah, that sounds. It became like a, a, like a point of like pride at a, you know like at a point at a certain point. Uh, like, Be- why? Because of you were trying to block yeah, what they were saying exactly. to you. And... Yeah, it became like you know my willpower against you know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I do, I do know what you mean. I always thought that was interesting, and that's part of why I wanted to talk to you about this, because mm-hmm. I thought when you told me that you had used the peace meditation, I thought that was really interesting, and I thought it was, I actually thought it was great. It was just my gut reaction, you know. Yes. So, in other words, it didn't feel very peaceful to you then? No, not really. And um, how did, did you want to experience, how did you feel the next morning after? Oh, I mean, it was like... I had partied really hard. I felt like completely wrung out. Like it was, I mean, you didn't barely got any sleep. Mm-hmm. Cause it was just so miserable. You're in just, you're like you're writhing in pain, gut pain. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was not fun. Like <laughs> it was not fun at all. Yeah. I didn't enjoy were you, it. Were you regretting it? I mean, I was glad I did it. So. Why are you glad you did it? Because I know. Now you know. Yeah. You know. There's no belief now, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no like, there's no, like, there's no conjecture or anything. And mm-hmm. I just know. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Experiment. I to take people's Explore. Word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, did you want to do? You, oh, did I ask you this? Did you want to do it again? Uh, not really. I mean, like you mean that on that trip? Yeah. Or no, no, not at all. After the two days of the Wachuma and Ayahuasca, I felt awful. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing the three day, the whole five day experience, three more days of it. Yeah, it was. We were all pretty horrified when we realized. Uh, I was just we? like, <laughs> "Are you kidding me? Why?" <laughs> yeah. Well, just I think we all realized what it would do to our psyche. Well, yeah, exactly. We all were like, "No, this is not a healthy. No, this isn't good." Mm-hmm. You know, and you were no, or a little more vocal about that than me and Dad were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our personalities. Yeah, exactly. And it was important. Well, it's, it was hard for me to listen to all this fantasy stuff. No, that it was, was bad. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And um, remember when they had the preparation workshop? We didn't go to it. Yeah. The, oh, you mean the, uh, the chakra cleansing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what that yeah, was? I couldn't, that was? I couldn't remember. Thank you. And it was a chakra workshop. But it was long. It was, yeah, it was like two. It was supposed to be two hours and it ended up being like three. Yeah, because... Another, they were late to dinner. Dinner was late because of it. Yeah, yeah. and that's the, the only terrible, reason... Terrible, terrible dinner. I was late for it. Yeah, it was terrible. Every day. The meals yeah. were so bad. Yeah, they were. All, just all grain. Bad grains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They made it cheap, sound like cheap. clean, vegan, yeah, high quality cheap. food. That's what it was. It was. And... Um, 
the only reason we know how long the ceremony was is because we set it out. We were waiting yeah, in, yeah, our, exactly. in our uh, suite, I guess yeah. you'd call it, little huts. The best part, the fact that we were separate from everybody else. Yeah. Well, I think um, I, that. I think they observed us and they kind of did that on purpose. Yeah. Well, of course, also we were there as a family, which was kind of unusual. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I noticed a shift in the attitude toward us when we didn't do the chakra cleansing. It was yeah. subtle, but it was there. We were we were now the outsiders, like officially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I, you know, the reason I didn't want to go to that. Um, workshop is because I didn't want to be influenced by their belief systems mm-hmm. and I don't know what your reason was that was me I didn't want oh, to go through all that nonsense yeah I just don't have no there's no foundation in reality as far as I can tell for chakras so mm-hmm. I was interested at all yeah I was like this is a, I could be doing something else yes and um I know they didn't I don't think they really cared for the fact that we didn't want to attend, mm-hmm. even though they said it was okay. Yeah. I got the impression they weren't really happy with that because we were kind of upsetting the whole, mm-hmm. you know, balance just by, and we were nice about it. We, we were just like, no, thanks. We want to set this, set this out. And we were very, we made it very clear. And I'm saying this to you because you can verify this. We made it very clear to the guide who took us up there. That's from here mm-hmm. that we were coming from a different place we were just wanting to see what yeah. it was all about. We didn't, well, I'll, speaking for myself, I didn't believe it was going to heal anything. And I didn't, I didn't think it would, um, there, I would have any mystical experiences because I, yeah. I understood. Well, that's, that gives you a big clue in how cult-like it is. Cause you know, cults are not tolerant at all of any dissenting opinions, even if they're, the people mind their own business about it. Right. You know. I know. And they... they it, it makes them uncomfortable with their... You know. Their, if you're not acknowledging my reality, then somehow it's... Yeah. You know. I don't know. I don't, I don't actually... I don't know how they think, but... Yeah. Well, did you feel... Did you feel pressure uh, from them to do more of the drugs to participate? How did you feel about that? Um, I don't know. It was... They let you do what you wanted to do, but there was, yeah, a bit of peer pressure, kind of, like, if you really want to, you know, experience it, then you do more, kind of, you know what I mean? I do. Okay. So that was your experience, but you stayed pretty quiet. Yeah. Like you do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And how did you feel about leaving early? Oh, it pissed me off. Just because they kicked me out, and I paid all that money, and I was already mad at how cheap everything was for how much we paid mm-hmm. you know the food and just the, the fact yeah. that you know one of the bathrooms wasn't working it's just like really you can't keep upkeep the, just like the, it wasn't like i understand the stuff happens sometimes but the general upkeep of the place was terrible so yes. i mean the roof was like leaking in places that it wasn't supposed to be <laughs> well it shouldn't be leaking anyway no well there were some open air areas remember oh in yeah the, in the uh center of the and like a, they had like a little courtyard thing going on oh now now you're talking about the hostel yeah I'm, yeah but they're oh. both the properties in general they were yeah. at the same level level of you know upkeep i felt well i thought the uh the retreat place the place where you went to do the drugs was a, was cleaner 
Yeah, it was cleaner, but I think that had to do with less the less traffic. You know? Exactly. And but the yeah, I, you know, for for something that is supposed to elevate you, mm-hmm. um, the slovenly. Oh yeah, I know. For, for want of a better word, yeah. Um, attitude. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so you were upset that they kicked us yeah because really they shouldn't have yeah and well and especially because uh their because their reasoning which was bullshit anyway you know is that you and Noah were being dissentious or whatever disrespectful yeah disrespectful okay yeah of the shaman felt disrespectful yeah which and then they kicked me and dad out as well which was like well, we're individual people. What what we paid to be here? What is this? We're being lumped in with, and like it was. We didn't know talk about it. It was just no offer of any kind of refund. In fact, they made us sign things saying that we wouldn't ask for refunds. Mm-hmm. There's this whole thing, you know. Yeah, just yeah. There there was, so we could finish our trip. Yeah, and like yeah, because we, we were there was still a whole another you know the whole day trip to Oye Tatan, or was it to Oye Tatan No, Bo? we'd already done we'd already Yeah, that's right. There. It was to... Um, it was PSAC. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and so we had, you know, they pretty much agreed to, what was it? They... They, we, we got They the, gave us a little bit of a console, like, uh... Well, they... Consolation they, prize. Like, yeah, they, well, they packed us that terrible lunch yeah, that gave me indigestion. <laughs> it was like the food was so old. <sighs> so bad. And, which was... You know, kind of sends a message, don't you think? Oh, yeah, it felt passive-aggressive, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, then um, we got to go to the animal sanctuary. Yeah, they paid for that admission. Yeah. That's which, right. Yeah, and um, the taxi to PSAC and back. Yeah, but they didn't pay for any of the lodging or anything, right? No, we, pay, so. no we, <clears throat> we paid extra for all of that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as I haven't revealed... In in my interview yet, um, this is the first I've talked about mm-hmm. that, you know, well I I did mention it with Noah, but the first part of the the um, the podcast I didn't mention that they threw us out. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and st- well, it was just absolute. Just I it mean, was not. It was groundless. It was groundless. groundless. Yeah. It was because they um they were just mad that you were insisting on calling it a drug and i even yes. tried to mediate a little bit i was like look i mean you don't mean anything negative by well, calling I, it a drug i told her that's a very neutral yeah, term a drug it, is it is what it is just anything that influences the human physiology or any, like consciousness mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. and i was i even tried to couch it in etymology for her i was like dr- drug just comes from the old german druga which means dried plant bits you exactly know, like, Exactly. It's, and, that's how inoffensive the word it should be. Well, it was hard to... Um, it but was she hard, wasn't hearing it. No, it was hard to be there because there was so much fantasy going yeah. on. And I, I, have so many claims. I have an easier time, I should say, ignoring that. I, like, and, I'm just like, whatever. And, um, well, but... So I don't say anything. But you people know. were, you know, being given a drug that breaks down your psyche mm-hmm. and then told all this fantastical... I was just kind of appalled when yeah. I realized the full scope. Yeah. And really what we were kicked out for was, you know, in because I called it a drug and it mm-hmm. insisted I wouldn't back that, down. That was the And I was respectful about it, but what it came down to. Exactly, yes. Yeah. But Noah and I because we, you know, as you know, your dad and I didn't uh, didn't do the ayahuasca. We just yeah. experienced the wachuma and 
you know, it made you laugh and made things funny. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, like you said, a pleasant kind of yeah, you're euphoric. euphoric. And so Noah and I kept looking at each other and laughing and it wasn't about. No, it was just you're giggly. Yeah, we were. Yeah. And he was just, you know, how funny he can be and irreverent. Noah, yeah. yeah. And so you know, he's making faces at me and stuff. And, and so they were trying to say that we were disrespectful to the shaman. The mm. shaman had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So I knew that it was just an excuse to get rid of us because we were calling out the way things really were and they didn't like that. And they didn't like the fact that we didn't want to do any more of the, mm. you know, we didn't want to do the ayahuasca and they wouldn't let us stay there unless we did. I thought that was really well, strange. Well, and that was, yeah, misrepresentative of what they said. Because yes. when she came over to our house and did the whole, like... Question uh, and answer the, stuff? The briefing, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and we were like, so we can do, she made it sound like you can do as much of the drugs, medicine mm-hmm. as yeah. you want. And, you know, it was up to you. Like, like but, how often you mean? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. How yeah. much and how often. How often. Both. Yeah. Right. And like, she's like, if you just want a micro dose, then you can do that. Yes. But, she did say that. And because we were very concerned, especially after I'd found that contact But then note. when you mentioned microdosing later, they're like, well, you really should do a full dose. Yes. And, so it was like, yeah, like I said, there was a bit of that peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and, not direct, but it's... Well, maybe not for you, but when your dad and I were talking to to Simon and Virginia, mm-hmm. there was a lot of pressure on us. So maybe you and Noah didn't experience that, but we did. And they were questioning, well, why would you, if you call this a drug, why would you even do this? I'm like, mm-hmm. I said, I want to... I want to know firsthand what this really is. And I said, look, ibuprofen's a drug. Yeah, and I, take, I take that sometimes. Yeah, get rid of inflammation. Yes. And she, that wasn't, she didn't like that answer. Drugs, medicines are drugs. It was like, too logical, you know. Right. And, and when that didn't work, she finally came to me the next day after you guys had experienced the ayahuasca mm-hmm. and said, well, the group has decided you make them uncomfortable. And the shaman feels disrespected. Mm-hmm. So you need to leave. So, now I don't know if they would have let your father and you stay. I didn't know. They said you're, they pretty much said you're all kicked out. There was no well, like. Well, she said that they didn't, the group didn't have a problem with you or your dad. It was me yeah. and Noah. Because we're more outspoken. But there was no like offering for us to, no. your dad to stay. No, there really wasn't. But yeah, you yeah, because I think they knew that if even if Noah and I left and you mm-hmm. and Bill stayed, which, you know, yeah. it would have been strange. So. But. Well, thank you for. Talking to me about this. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'd like to make a comment about, um, you'll notice that all three of the guys um, mentioned that the um, facilitator, the tour guide, whatever you want to call her, and her helpers were offering um, doses of the, if it was with Chuma that, that was being done, they offered more doses of that and also the ayahuasca. And something I would like to um, 
kind of focus on and clarify is that personally, from my perspective, and I was kind of surprised by this because we were led to believe when they did the orientation before we left that for the trip by the tour guide that we could take as little of this uh, drug, these drugs as we liked what they called microdosing. If we didn't feel comfortable doing more, we were welcome, they said, to just try small amounts of it because of our concern. And also, although they called it medicine, of course, and um, we were also told that um, we'd be offered extra doses if we needed it to uh, reach a deeper state because supposedly that's where the breakthroughs come is the more of the um, drugs that you take, they claim the deeper, or as they call it, the medicine, the deeper the breakthroughs. And um, of course, we know that's nonsense. And while we were there, I felt pressure um, from the organizers to, to take more. And I, I noticed how they were saying, and the, and the, one of the organizers, the, 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 um, the tour guide, who was on the, the drugs herself during these you know, episodes um, of the drug taking, was saying, you got to take more, you got to take more, you really should take more. I mean, no one was forced to, but there was pressure, and I really didn't like that. And I observed what I thought was, my, in my opinion, a very cult-like atmosphere. Um, because we did not go along, although we were respectful about it, um, and just quiet about it, but we firmly just said, look, we don't want to participate in your ceremonies. It's not for us. Um, we didn't buy into all the chakra spirit guide stuff. Um, then, you know, there was disapproval. And so that's, you know, what I think a, a lot of the supposedly were making them uncomfortable. We were challenging the narrative and they didn't like it. And now my interview with Noah. Tell, tell me about um, your experience with the uh, San Pedro, the Wachuma. The Wachuma? Um, Wachuma... I feel like they're better for different things, Wachuma and Ayahuasca. Wachuma, the San Pedro cactus, which is mescaline, I believe is the main, what you're getting out of that. Um, taking it's not fun. It's like drinking a Tom Collins glass full of snot. And it made me throw up. Granted, I didn't follow the dietary restrictions that they laid out for me in the trip, but I don't know if that had much to do with it. But when I threw up, it was a therapeutic thing. It felt like I was throwing up these things I couldn't let go of. It was like, it was a physically and emotionally cathartic experience. And they suggested that to you, that that's what you were going to feel. Yeah. Remember? They they pre- they prepped us before we did the drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what, what did you experience? Uh, just... I felt good. It was during the initial peak of the drug. Very content, very understanding of people, especially 
just understanding and forgiving of people. I'd because you know, I was using I was using the drug to definitely get over some emotional and mental blocks of people in my life, and I was very accepting and forgiving, and you know I was very I got much much more empathetic, I guess would be a good way to phrase that, with the people in my life. I understood maybe why they did the things they did, the experiences that they went through. I felt like I could connect the dots a little bit better with their actions and their experiences. And then I just pretty much spent the rest of the time in a hammock, feeling like I could, I could feel the sun's rays all the way from the sun reaching out and touching me. After that, I didn't quite like it. It felt like coming down off of a uh, pharmaceutical high. And maybe that's because they, you know, they have a huge supply of cactus and I imagine they make it as strong as they can. So, mm -hmm. probably if you went somewhere else or did less, less of a dose of it, calm down wouldn't be so. Anybody who's come down off of MDMA will be quite familiar with the Symptoms, gritting your teeth a lot, like high high energy, just mm -hmm. like you're vibrating almost. And what did you think of the shamans and the ceremony that they did for um, that? You know, standard religious men, they think that their way is the answer. And you know, it could, a variety of multiple reasons, that could be why, you know. I understand that you're a holy man in your culture, your, your, um, environment, your culture. So, like, if you're a Catholic priest, you're going to be very convinced that praying and giving yourself over to Jesus will be the answer to your problems. Is and the, these men approached what they did with the same certainty. Just think about them. Claiming that the the plant was not a drug. The plants weren't drugs. That was bizarre to me. That was... It, it, I mean, it's a drug. I mean, drug is... I mean, it has a bad connotation to it, but, I mean, really, at the same time, it doesn't. It's actually a, it's actually a neutral term it when is. you think about it. It's, just, it's gotten negative in the last, like, 20 years as pharmaceuticals have gotten more and more people have realized we don't want to be taking the pharmaceutical drugs. And I feel like once those, once people started referring to these as drugs, drug companies, dr like drug commercials, that's when people really started, especially the more homeopathic, people who are more inclined to believe in homeopathic medicines, and they don't, they don't like the term drug. Because they associate it with pharmaceuticals, and there's also the connotation of, you know, the drug war that's been fought in the United States for the last 50 years. Yeah. So the word drug just makes people put their hackles up, and I think the biggest thing about them being upset with the use of drug is it, it hurts... You're talking about the group? Yeah, yeah. it hurts their worldview. Well, aren't allergy medicines drugs? Oh, they are. Yeah. I'm just putting myself <laughs> no. in their point of, in their oh, shoes. Oh, I know. And, I, I'm just um, okay. expanding on the conversation here. Okay. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Yeah, they are, and mm. I think. I mean, you understand that, and I understand yeah. that, but they didn't want to make. No, and I, yeah. it was it was like they found it preposterous that this could be considered a drug when, I mean, 
like that's what it is. Well, don't you think it also had to do with the legality? Because oh, probably. Yeah, I yeah. think that had a lot to do with the the not necessarily with the people that were attending, but the people putting on the event. Yeah, and yeah. You know, before we went, the woman who put it on, um, she did tell us to always refer it to as a medicine, not a drug, which makes sense. You're going, because to them it's not a drug, it's a medicine, but it's a drug. Drugs are medicine. Mm -hmm. Medicines can be drugs. It's, mm -hmm. you know. They had a hard time uh, accepting that, Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. Referring to it as a drug is just, I mean, it's just what it is. It's a difference in nomenclature that they got very upset over, which was baffling. Mm -hmm. you know, it was, wasn't honestly. it? Honestly. And um, what did you think of the, remember they, they had those workshops where they prepared you for, yeah. like the, and, and we didn't take part in that. No. And did you notice a shift in their attitude when we didn't take part in that workshops towards um, us? I don't know, maybe a lot of it may have been like, oh, well. Anytime there's a, a group and then there's a very obviously a different line of thought and a different segment of the group, it will, there will be some divisions, I think. Mm -hmm. So the belief versus reality, it's, you know, it's, you know, I remember a few, like when I was a kid, you guys were questioning reality and, you know, existence. And I think you guys were having a bit of an existential crisis together as a couple. <laughs> and so we went to a lot of things like, um, I remember very clearly going to, uh, something, one of those things about the crystal skulls, that yeah. fucking, <laughs> yeah. that goofy shit, uh -huh. not to offend anybody, but, um, I remember this very sick man, very obviously, like he was tall, 6'3", but he probably weighed 160 pounds. Mm -hmm. He was obviously a chemo patient and you can tell he was just grasping at straws. Yeah. Tell me about your experience when you did the ayahuasca. Um... You know, something about me, they left me alone for the most part. We went to a, uh, it seemed, it did seem like a very traditional way to do it. We went to a, um, a hut for lack of a better term. F f pretty good size. Looked like it could probably fit about 15 people in there comfortably with the beds laid out the way they were. Um, and there was a shaman. Then he had a male helper. And a female helper. Maybe you had two female helpers. And, you know, they did a little prayer and chant and said, like, what they were grateful for. And he asked if anybody was sick. Like, what do they, What do you want to cure? And it was, oh, well. One lady was like, oh, I've got fibromyalgia. The gentleman, I've got fibromyalgia. And he's like, okay. And just nods at him like, yes, this will fix it. I don't even know if he knew what fibromyalgia was. I don't know how good his English was. Right. It seemed it was good, but mm -hmm. medical terms are different. Right. Thing. And then there, people were just the guy who was there. Oh, I've got cancer, and he, he's like, this isn't going to cure cancer, but okay. He's just like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's like, whatever you want to heal, it'll heal. And I was like, whoa, this is that's belief. Yeah, and I feel like some of the people at that group were absolutely grasping at straws. And at the at the ayahuasca. Yeah, at the ayahuasca group okay. were grasping at straws. And so it's very, very dangerous when you have someone who's already lost, having someone who's already riddled with doubt and questions. That kind of person, when you put them in a group environment where there's 
legitimacy of a holy man. There's legitimacy of like um, symbols of faith, things like that. That person is much more likely to give up their higher questioning, their higher judgment. If they were just by themselves doing research, they come to this retreat and they're like, okay, we'll try this. And instead of just being like, okay, let's do some thought work, prepare yourself mentally for, for the drug, because the drugs are quite intense experiences. You should prepare yourself for a, prepare yourself mentally for them. You just yes. should. That's just, that's common sense. Just like any drug you do, you mm -hmm. should do it safely and you should have a, you should always have someone around, yes. which they did at the group. But um, it wasn't, they broke a lot of basic rules that like you shouldn't really do. Like um, the guide was taking pictures of us while we were on our trip. Really? Walking, yeah. Walking around taking pictures oh. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, she was helping people too, but when you do that kind of thing, first of all, the group is too big for how many watchers there were. Um, I think there was only like one full-time watcher for a group of around 10, and that's probably not the best thing to do. And also, you sh I don't, it's my view that when you do a drug like ayahuasca, acid, mushrooms, wachuma, whatever it is, that you shouldn't do it in a you shouldn't prepare yourselves in a group. That kind of preparation is an extremely personal thing. If you want, need to have someone like like a trained therapist or someone you deeply trust, like you know, to talk about some things, like get yourself ready for the experience you're about to have. That's fine. But when you have a big group of people, and it's very um, and the preparation, because I was there for the preparation for the Wachuma, mm -hmm. and the way, it, it wasn't about getting ready, like, having past experiences in your head ready, that you're maybe not all the way done with. Working deal, through. Yeah, working through. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to, you know, everybody have that in your head. You know, how do you want to... How do you think you should deal with it? Like, because that's what I had in my head, and I had to deal with acceptance and forgiveness, and I was ready to do that. So when the drug hit me, that's what I—that's what was going on in my head. But a lot of it was like they were asking you to believe things, like. Yeah. I remember this is ridiculous because it stuck in my head. The guy said, "You know, it's not eating cheeseburgers is bad for you. It's a believing the cheeseburger is bad for you. That's bad for you." I'm like, no, your human brains are very powerful, but your brain power isn't going to counteract cholesterol and sodium. And it, your brain's just maybe at one point in human evolutionary process, we can get to that point where we delve further into brain science and understand what our thought can do. But the average person on the street, if you just tell them, don't believe this, I mean, it's not going to make a difference. And that was just ridiculous to me that they were telling people that. And they're telling people, fibromyalgia, I think that gentleman, had, Randy had. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's just a first name. It doesn't matter. That Randy had, uh, well, that he had. That and they told him it would cure fibromyalgia, which there's no scientific basis for that. Yeah. 
but the way they went about it was strange. They gave everybody one dose to start with, and one dose didn't affect me. Mm -hmm. um, not really. But I did one dose, and but most people felt something after one dose. But if they didn't feel something after that, the woman who gave, who was the guide, not the shaman even, the woman who was the guide who was taking it too, mm -hmm. was telling people, you should take more, you should take more. You should take more. And she, while well, she was taking yeah. it also. And, you know, I took two doses, and it was strong. Mm -hmm. It was a very strong trip. I couldn't imagine, like, doing three doses, and it would, it would just be horrible. And I didn't like that when the people were going through their, you know, trip, you know, they're not there anymore. Like, you know you're there, but you're not there, I guess. It's hard to describe. And then he'd go and at people and tell them, believe, 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 believe. And I thought that was... That's a dangerous thing to do to someone who's already maybe mentally fragile. Um, then you mix light hypnotism with light hypnosis mm -hmm. with um, a strong... Psycho, uh, psychoactive, psychoactive drug, drug. Yeah. and that to me is that breaks some rules that should be followed whenever you're doing drugs. Mm -hmm. And so, what ha can you tell me? What happened? Like, what your experience was? The actual trip? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Um, it was like riding a vortex of geometric shapes and colors. And to me, it was very, it was less um, beneficial to me personally than the Wachuma. Just because the Wachuma led me through a few, like, um, you know, a little bit of a breakthrough, I guess. And the ayahuasca, it didn't, it was fun. I had fun. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, um, I could see why people see it as very, very spiritual, though, because you... You know, whether it's accurate or not, you have the perception that you live outside your body. And that, you, like, you feel the strands connecting, like, what, I guess, you could perceive to be a spirit form or soul or whatever it is. You could feel those tendrils connecting you to your body. And you can tell it's, like, or what you feel, what the drug makes you feel is that it's your spirit form or your soul or whatever you'd like to call it. Mm -hmm. Riding that vortex. And you always have the tether, so... Like, to me, there was no danger of ever getting lost kind of a thing. Okay. Like, I would always be able to find my way back to my body because it was tied. It was locked in. But I felt like when I was riding the Vortex, I had the option to go, like, into the, let it take me down if I wanted to. And something in my head was like, that's where a hallucination will be. And I don't need that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to ride the... Outer... Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to take it for a ride. It's going to last about three hours. It was one of those things, too, where, like, any experienced drug taker will know. They're like, this is fun, but I'm ready to calm down now after taking a drug. And it did. I took, I think, the, just the right amount. They kept, they wanted to take, have me take a third one. I got a little rude with the lady when she, she's like, do you want more, more, more? I was like, nope, go away, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. She left, but yeah, and then, I and my worry is that people who maybe they 
maybe they wouldn't go down into the hallucination. Maybe they, maybe they themselves don't want to go down. Mm-hmm. But with the <clears throat> rhythmic, like... Um, music? Yeah, the ry- rhythmic music, him chanting at you kind of a thing. Maybe you just lose control a little bit and just dip down in. And if you, you know, if you want to do that, more power to you. But if you don't want to do that and these extra variables are what made you dip down into that, that's not beneficial for you, I don't think. Um, especially some of the stories I heard, like they, they told us about this woman who believed she was a Maltese fertility goddess, I think is what, she had a vision, she was one of those. And so she spent all of her money gorging herself to get to the body type of a fertility goddess. After she did yeah. ayahuasca, yeah. And no one I heard there, that story too. And no one there is telling her this is a bad thing. Like, you know, maybe you should go get help with somebody from with a license who can, like, in the grand, not all therapists are good, but I mean, it's something. Yes. Not just some woman who sells rocks and takes people to Peru. <laughs> I mean, that's effectively what this woman was. Yes. She would, and, you know, I know a lot of people believe rocks are power, but, but, the amount of faith she put in them to me is just, it's like, it reminds me of Christian scientists. They're not going to take their child to a hospital. They're going to pray and put it in God's hands. And how did you feel after the, your, you came down off of the Wachuma? I mean, the ayahuasca. Um, relaxed. Yeah, it, it wasn't at all like coming down off of uh, um, Wachuma. It was much more relaxed. It was much more. The world was very pretty. Granted, it really it was, but I mean, wasn't that special? It was just okay. Did you feel different for a while after you did the? I mean, the ayahuasca. And... For like a day. I'd say the Wachuma had lasting effects that I still view the world better than I did before taking it. And uh, what what else was I going to ask you? Um, Lost it. Oh, how did you feel about um, them asking us to leave? I mean, I was pretty much done taking drugs anyways. And when they asked us to leave, it was one of those things where I was like, the the morning it was the I think it was the morning after we took the ayahuasca it was, and um, I sit like afterwards I was like well I don't really want to do any those drugs again I mean it's really intense the schedule they set for you was absolutely ridiculous yeah so they wanted us to do um, a dose of wachuma and then the next day a dose of ayahuasca mm-hmm. and then I think you wait a day, but. And then you do another dose of Wachuma and another dose of ayahuasca and you end it with Wachuma. So in a week, they wanted us to do three, not even just a dose, but a, a session. Mm-hmm. So several doses for yeah. some people. So they wanted you to do five trips. Yeah. Which is just like, that's dangerous. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was, I was kind of horrified when I realized that. Yeah. The drug schedule they had you on reminds me of Hunter S. Thompson writing about the Hell's Angels and when they go to their acid farm. People like, yeah, 
that this the drug schedule is just ridiculous and you know i i could see people having like mental breakdowns mm-hmm. like locking themselves in a fucking trailer thinking the sun's going to eat them cuz it messes with your perception of reality mm-hmm. and if you keep doing it and keep doing it and you're not doing the the work mentally you need to be doing beforehand let alone keeping yourself stable through five courses of very strong psychoactive drugs then what was your observation of the guy do you remember chris the oh god he was cooked yeah he was what probably my age around he was in his 50s yeah 50s or 60s and he was just oof he was like a golden retriever just nothing going on behind his eyes like he was he yeah he reminds you of like you know anybody who grew up with an uncle who like went through the 60s 70s and the vietnam era and didn't quite make it out mentally you know mm-hmm. what i mean they're cooked they're not who they were yeah i got a friend whose father is like that he didn't really make it out of the drug era he didn't pace himself and he did and everyone knows someone like this mm-hmm. yeah it's just it sad it was sad and he was convinced he had was cured. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, thank you for talking to me about this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Carol. <laughs> you crack me up. I can edit that out. So what was my personal experience? Well, as you've heard from the previous interviews, uh, I didn't end up doing the ayahuasca, even though I had planned on at least trying one dose so that I could report personally report what I found. I did do the wachuma, and um, I've had a little bit of experience with psychedelics years and years ago when I was younger. I experimented with a few things. Uh, one of them peyote one time and it reminded me very much of that Um, very speedy um, uh, ultra bright colors you know nothing hallucinogenic really I didn't see anything that wasn't there as I have never in the few times I've done anything that was mind altering Um, but um, you know kind of a giddy euphoric silly feeling um and then of course um, I had the same experience with the teeth gritting and two two almost vibrating um I think Noah described that I didn't really care for that and um I was glad when it was over and yes there were moments that I kind of enjoyed it but did it expand my mind no did I have any realizations? No. Um, except for <laughs> that I don't like um, to alter my consciousness like that. I don't enjoy it. And that it doesn't really hold anything for me. And nor do I plan on trying ayahuasca in a future. In the future, I don't feel any desire to do that. Um, I like reality even if when reality is harsh I prefer that I prefer being in in control of myself 
I've always been that way. Um, that's why I've always been so careful with um, using anything like this. And I know that, uh, you know, the boys and my husband talked about how we were um, asked to leave or kicked out of the, the healing center, which um, was a bit of a surprise to us because even though we had a different attitude, um, we weren't there in fantasy, at least um, at least I know Bill and I were pretty grounded in reality. Uh, what was, you know, I didn't really expect anything because any enlightenment or anything of that sort because of my past experiences. And because of what I've read in the contact note um, about it not really being a healing tool, um, I was ready for that to be a reality also. But I was open to see what would happen. But I was really focused on what really, what's real. And so um, when we were asked to leave, um, it was be- we were told that we made specifically me and Noah made um, the people there uncomfortable and that the shaman felt disrespected. And I find that to be very odd because we didn't talk to the people very much about what we really thought. We kept it pretty low key and mostly just observed everyone. And uh, also the shaman came after the Wachuma experience, came and sat with us the whole evening by the fire and seemed very pleasant and he was kind of quiet and I don't think he's, his English was very good. And so I didn't get the impression whatso- in any way whatsoever that he felt disrespected. So I'll never know the truth behind all that except that we did challenge to the, the, um, the leaders of this. We did challenge them that um, this was a drug and that it did not um, offer any enlightenment. And uh, in fact, when I was asked by the, the leader and another gentleman who was just one of the participants how, um, how I did on the Wachuma, and I said, well, I didn't really like it that much. I didn't like the physical symptoms, the nausea, the vomiting, and uh, I didn't find it really to be that pleasant. I was told it was because I didn't respect the plant. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reality Ranch Podcast. There is a a place for you to leave um, any messages you'd like to leave on the website. Go to anchor.fm, Reality Ranch Podcast, and you can leave uh, voice messages for me about this show if you'd like. Until next week, Salome.